This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. Got a live show for you all today. Excited about it. It's been about a week since we did one of these. I think it's been exactly a week. It's Friday, July 22nd. Next weekday that we are going to have here on Monday is going to be a Jaguars training camp day. Only one more weekday that we've got to get through here on Friday for Jaguars training camp. I'm fired up about that. For me, that is the official start of the NFL season. I will be out there at camp all next week, and I'll try to be out there as much as possible to provide insights, get some clips. You know, people love to see the highlights. We'll be doing all that, having a good time out there. You can follow me at Jordan DeLugo for all that on Twitter, Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag. course please subscribe and hit that notification bell so you do not miss a show on here on youtube um we really appreciate y'all's support hit 1000 subscribers got approved to be a youtube partner so that is awesome i mean just how quickly we went from starting this channel to getting to that point really exciting could not do that without you guys means a lot to me So today we are looking at Jaguars position battles, the top position battles on the roster. We've got John checking in saying, yo, I'm ready for my daily dose of Jaguars content. Carl checking in saying, happy Friday, Duval. Appreciate y'all being here. So let's go ahead and jump right in here to our top position battles for your Jacksonville Jaguars entering 2022 training camp, which again, it is at Episcopal's night campus, which is just a little further east down the road um, on Atlantic from Episcopal's main, uh, main campus. Jaguars currently have their uh, performance center, Miller Electric Performance Center. It's, uh, it's under construction. They're working on it right now. It's supposed to be ready for 2023 training camp. It is not ready right now. So instead of practicing on the game field, which obviously you don't want to wear that out too much too close to the season, the Jaguars are going to be practicing over there and they'll have two practice fields to work with, which will certainly help out and uh, should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to have an off-site training camp uh, setting there. And 
unfortunately, right now, there are no practices open to the public, open to fans. I'm not sure if maybe they'll announce something like a family night at the stadium or maybe an open practice for season ticket holders down the road. But at this point, it is just for media only. But I will let you all know if anything changes on that front. So, yeah. Top position battle for me. I think it's probably the top position battle for everyone watching. The uh, the right tackle spot. Jawan Taylor, he's entering his fourth season with the Jaguars. Um, you know, former second-round pick out of the University of Florida. A lot of people excited about him. You know, a lot of Gator fans in Jacksonville when the Jaguars did pick him. A lot of people thought he would go in the first round, and he didn't. He came in and he had a rookie year that was encouraging. He pretty much just it looked like he needed to cut down on the penalties and he might be in good shape to be a starting right tackle for a long time. Year two and three were disappointments for Jawan Taylor, no doubt about it. Um, he kind of regressed last year in 2021, especially when you look at the penalty numbers. They were atrocious. Um, so very frustrating. He's entering the final year of his rookie deal. So he's going to be a a free agent after this year unless the Jaguars decide to renew that contract, bring him on for a few more years. Debbie Lynn checks in and she changed her YouTube profile name. Very good. Love it. She says hi everyone. John says hey Jen Jag mom. Love to see the camaraderie here people. All right, so Juwan Taylor, we just talked about, coming off a disappointing 2021 season where he just racked up the penalties, looked disengaged. I mean, one of the the lowlights of the season. I, I can't remember who they were playing. It might have been the Falcons. But you had uh, Juwan Taylor not getting out of his stance. You had the Falcons pass rush just getting straight into the backfield and and – Attacking Trevor Lawrence. Of course, Lawrence gets the ball off somehow, hits Daria Gumbawale right in the hands, and then what do you know? Gumbawale drops it. So, yeah, that was one of the lowlights of the season. Many people have soured on Jawan Taylor. Understandably so, right? Former second round pick has not really taken the steps that you would like to see him take. Has all of that been on him? I would say no. Honestly, I don't think George Warhop uh, did did the best job possible working with Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor in terms of the sets that he was making them run. He was making them do vertical sets. Neither of them appeared to be overly comfortable with that. Jawan Taylor especially. And I just think forcing these guys square peg, round hole, making them vertical set when they're not comfortable with it, don't know how to do it very well haven't been doing it throughout their career. I think it was a mistake. Um, it was kind of like dogmatic, in my opinion, where Warhop could see that it's not working all that well. And uh, and you've seen the results. You know, Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson, both former second-round picks. Robinson has improved throughout his career. You like to see that, obviously. I think he's a little bit more talented than Jawan overall. But Jawan has not taken those steps forward. Now you have Phil Rauscher entering as the offensive line coach. Doug Peterson coming in with this uh, 
offense that you know is derived from the West Coast offense certainly has added a lot of new bells and whistles to that offense over the years. But um, I don't think George Warhop did did Jawan Taylor any favors. I really don't. And I do think Jawan Taylor will have a better chance to play decent football, to play good football at right tackle under Phil Rauscher. Having said all that, it would be shocking to me if Walker Little is not able to win that job. Walker Little was a second-round pick in 2021 last year. Uh, he was coming off of a season in which he did not play uh, for Stanford due to the COVID situation where the Pac-12 pretty much just, uh, they were running around like chickens with their head cut off. You know, a lot of people were. It's understandable. No one really knew how to uh, approach the COVID season in 2020. Pac-12 did a really bad job of it. A lot of draft-eligible players ended up, you know, not playing in 2020 in the Pac-12. But Walker Little, he came in, he he had only played left tackle in college, and, and the season prior to the COVID season, he had an ACL in week two, I believe, ACL tear. So really hadn't played a lot of football. He came in here, uh, worked his ass off. He He cross-trained throughout the season at left tackle and right tackle. And I believe, you know, he's he's training exclusively at right tackle right now to try to win that job. And I think he's bigger, stronger, faster, and just a better overall offensive tackle than Walker Little. Now, I mean, excuse me, than Jawan Taylor. Now, Jawan Taylor coming into the NFL and after his rookie year, you thought pretty highly of him. You just haven't seen it over the last couple of years. Um, is it possible that in this new system, Jawan Taylor gives Walker Little more of a run for his money than we're expecting? I do think it's possible. He is the veteran. But Walker Little, I think he's a really smart guy. I think he's a hardworking guy. Again, I think he's a bigger, more athletic, stronger offensive lineman. I expect him to win that job. It is going to be a battle. The Jaguars are not handing it to Walker Little. Um, when you look at contracts and, and things of that nature, though, the Jaguars have got to be pulling for Walker Little to win this job, right? Like Jawan Taylor is in the final year of his deal. If you play him all year and then you have Walker Little still sitting on the bench, it's like, okay, Jawan Taylor's getting shipped out. You can't afford to pay him if he plays well. Walker Little then will be in the third year of his rookie contract before really earning a starting role, and then you only have him on a cost-controlled salary for two seasons. I just don't think that's the way to play it. I think you need to get Walker Little on the field this year, and I think you might as well uh, just allow him – this is just me. This is not what the Jaguars are going to do. They're going to make them battle it out. But for me, I, I would have Walker Little just inserted as the starter right now. Uh, or I would I would make it happen very quickly after training camp starts. We've got some comments in here. Carl says, I looked it up. Eight holding penalties and three false starts for Taylor. Yeah, absolutely unacceptable. John says, if Little doesn't win that spot, I'll be confused. I agree, John. Daniel says, shout out to Jordan DeLugo. Appreciate you being here, Daniel. Thank you very much. John says, hoping Taylor does step it up because iron sharpens iron. It'll be good for everyone in that room. Absolutely. 
And whoever does not win this job is going to be the Jaguars swing tackle. And that's going to be a critical role. It always is in an offense. You know, if you have a tackle go down, the swing tackle, he's coming in at left or right tackle. I don't, regardless of if it's Jawan Taylor or Walker Little as the swing tackle, I don't think you've had a better swing tackle situation in Jacksonville since I can remember. I don't know if anyone else has some good insight as to when was the last time the Jaguars had a really talented uh, third tackle that wasn't a rookie? Be interested if anybody remembers. So yeah, Jawan Taylor versus Walker Little. That is my top position battle because right tackle is a critical position in the NFL. It's just as important as left tackle, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, you can argue about the blind side, whatever. You've got to have both of those players playing good football. If you're going up against quality defenses that have uh, multiple edge rushers, both of those guys got to be on their game. Now my second position battle is Andrew Mevis versus Brian Santoso at kicker, right? You don't know who has the advantage there. Brian Santoso has been around a little bit. Um, he is a giant of a kicker, one of the biggest kickers you'll ever see. Him and Seb- Sebastian Janikowski must be on that same uh, same workout plan, diet plan. Um, now, Seabass had a little bit more of a belly than Santoso. Santoso looks like he could line up and play tight end for you if you needed him to. But this guy has a massive leg. The Jaguars have been um, kind of tweaking his kicking motion, his swing, if you will, trying to get him to be more accurate because he has the distance. He just needs to be more accurate with it. Andrew Mevis comes in from uh, Iowa State. He was at Fordham prior to Iowa State. He had a, a hell of a year last year for, for the Cyclones. I think he made four kicks over 50-plus yards, was four of four, I believe, from 50-plus. A very accurate kicker in college, has the leg to get it done on the deep shots, and he can kick the ball out of the back of the end zone. Santoso just has that that next level of, of leg strength. But overall, I think Mivas has more than enough leg strength and has more accuracy than Santoso. I predict him, the undrafted free agent, is going to win this job, but it's wide open right now. And so when we're sitting here looking at these um, these training camp battles and we're going to be getting the reports like how many kicks did Mevis make, how many kicks did Santoso make, those are going to matter. You're going to be looking at it. And I'm also going to be monitoring um, who's, who's kicking the ball further on those kickoffs because that's pretty much the only reason Matthew Wright is not around anymore. He couldn't get the ball into the end zone most of the time on the kickoffs. And that's a big deal. Heath Farwell, the Jaguars' new special teams coordinator, he's fired up about both players. He thinks that whoever wins that job will have won it. It will not be like, well, gosh, we really don't feel comfortable with either of these players. Um, Who are we going to pick? And let's just cross our fingers. He feels good about both of them. I feel really good about Andrew Mevis. I think uh, he was draftable with his accuracy, with his leg strength. But kicking is such a mental game. We'll see how it all plays out. If one of these guys has a bad day, you never know what will happen, how it can snowball. Us and them says Mevis, I think, wins, though Santoso 
you would think would be good for tackling on kickoffs if need be. Yeah, hopefully you're not relying on your kicker, your kickoff specialist to make those tackles too often. And I don't think you will be. The Jaguars with Heath Farwell, who's one of the best special teams coordinators in the league based on his time in Buffalo and coming up through the ranks before that. And, and the fact that the Jaguars have so many quality special teamers, when you look at Jamal Agnew, Rudy Ford, Daniel Thomas, um, Andrew Wingard, Chad Muma is going to be a quality special teamer for this team. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there that can really fly, can really tackle. And John says, that's how I play Madden. Going down and trying to tackle the, uh, the return man with the kicker. Good luck with that. Um, so, yeah, I think Mevis versus Santoso. I give the upper hand to Mevis. I think the Jaguars would probably like Mevis to to win that job, but I'm not sure. Uh, John Shipley's talked about it. You know, do you want a rookie kicker who's never kicked in the NFL to be your starter? I personally have less of an issue with that, just because. Every kicker in the NFL was a rookie at some point. And a lot of rookies come in and, and perform at a pretty high level. I think Mebus is one of the ones that can do that with his talent. Again, very accurate and has a very strong leg. In practice, I think you've made him, uh, not Jaguars practice, but just training during spring, I think he was making kicks from 65. So, yeah, this is a guy I think has the leg strength and the accuracy to get the job done. The Jaguars have a rich history of kickers. Mike Hollis, Josh Scobie, Josh Lambeau. Can Andrew Mevis or Ryan Santoso be the next in line? Now, my next battle is another battle for a starting position. It's the last battle, I believe, that is legitimately for a starting position. And that is Luke Fortner, the rookie, 65th overall out of Kentucky who played center last year for the Wildcats, has also played some guard. He'll be competing at left guard and center. Where will he be aligned most? Where will that competition really heat up? I'm not sure. The incumbents there would be Ben Barch at left guard, even though he primarily had played right guard to this point in his Jaguars career. Ben Barch is going into his third year. In my opinion, he's an ascending player. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star or a pro bowler. I do think that he has a good chance to be a quality starter in the NFL uh, based on what you saw from him last year and his overall skill set. And he's put on a lot of big muscle this year. I think he's, he's going in the right direction, trending in the right direction is Ben Barch at left guard. And then you've also got Tyler Shatley who the Jaguars for the first time finally gave this man a, a multi-year deal, gave him a two-year contract this offseason. He's up there in age, but he is uh, an incredibly strong center, as Gus Bradley used to say. Um, <laughs> strength is Tyler Shatley's strength. His strength is his strength. Us and them says those shakes, though. I don't know what we're talking about. Talking about some five guys. Milkshakes? I don't know. But yeah, I think I think Luke Fortner has a shot to start at one of those positions. Again, this is one of those things where I had Luke Fortner as a second-round pick. They got him in the third round. I think he's smart enough, talented enough. Oh, the Ben Bart shakes, absolutely. Those, I don't know, man. 
I'm not trying to put on a hundred pounds this year. <laughs> Those were really incredible though. Yeah. Ben Barch, he got to St. John's college. I think he was like 230 pounds or something like that. And with these uh, milkshakes he, he concocted and the workout plan that he was on, I think he put on like 75 something, 80 pounds, something like that. Yeah. It's pretty funny. You can go look up the videos. He showed you how to make them, I believe, at the NFL Combine. It was a fun little bit there. But uh, Luke Fortner, again, the 65th overall pick, I had him with a second-round grade at Kentucky. He showed, I mean, obviously, this is a guy that has like three degrees, um, aerospace engineering, business, all sorts of stuff. Uh, he's he's a genius off the field. But on the field, you also see that, that um, smart – style of play where he knows where the defense is trying to attack from. He's really good at um, taking the handoffs on, on stunts and games up front. He's always looking to hit someone. He's big, strong, athletic. He comes from a zone blocking scheme at Kentucky, which is what you're going to see in Jacksonville as well, primarily. So I think everything points to him being able to play at a reasonably high level early in his rookie year and develop. Um, and I just look at him. I think you drafted him. Uh, you drafted him to become a starter. Is, is Ben Barch or Tyler Shatley going to hold him off? I don't know. I think both of them are pegged in as starters right now, but Luke Fortner I just don't really believe that he's going to be held off for long. Even if he doesn't win the job in camp, I think Luke Fortner is going to start at left guard or center at some point in 2022. And when you look at the contract situations, all that, yeah, you've got Tyler Shatley under contract for two years. You've also got Ben Barch under contract for two years, but in two years, or excuse me, after yeah, after this two-year deal that Tyler Shatley signed, I think he's going to be 33 years old. Certainly some offensive linemen can play well into their mid-30s to late-30s, so you could bring him back again. But do you want to build around Luke Fortner and Ben Barch or build around Luke Fortner and Tyler Shatley? I think Tyler Shatley's fun. I love having him around here. I think he is probably best suited, though, to a primary backup role along the interior. I would want... Luke Fortner and Ben Barch to win those jobs and use that as a, a young, a young core on the interior to pair with Brandon Scherf, who's playing right guard. And now you might have a really good group for, for several years here. That would be who I would want to get starting as Luke Fortner at center and Ben Barch at left guard. But I can see it going either way. I don't think that they're, I don't think it would be a mistake to play Tyler Shatley because I do think he's a really good player uh, and he's really held his own when he's had to fill in for Brandon Linder over the years or he's even filled in at the guard spots. So I'm a fan of Tyler Shatley. I'm just looking at long-term and short-term what is best for this team. Whatever is best in the short-term I think is fine. But I just would be surprised if Luke Fortner isn't able to hold his own at center early in his rookie season. Now, those are the three main starting jobs that are up for grabs, right? Right tackle with Jawan Taylor and Walker Little. Uh, one of the spots on the interior with Luke Fortner battling out with, with Tyler Shatley and 
and Ben Barch, and then Andrew Mevis and Ryan Santoso at kicker. The rest of the little battles here that we're going to talk about are more so um, for roles on the team or for back of the roster type stuff. And then I'm going to offer a position battle that I don't think we will see, but I wish that it would happen. I wish the Jaguars would allow a a battle there at the spot that I'm going to talk about. But let's go ahead and look at it. Devin Lloyd and Foye Aluakun, they're both going to be starters. They're going to play next to each other. The question here is who is going to be the green dot player? Mike Caldwell said, ideally, you would rather have it be the veteran, right, which is Foye Aluakun. But Devin Lloyd is such a good leader, such a good communicator, did it at such a high level at Utah for so long. He's going to give Foye Aluakun a run for his money there. Uh, I really believe that. Mike Caldwell believes that. And, you know, this isn't like somebody's taking someone else's job. It's just who is better at communicating the calls to the rest of the team. Boye has done it. Devin has done it. Um, I think either way, you're getting someone who can do it at a high level. It's who who can do it better. That's a, excuse me, iron sharpens iron type of situation. A, a just who is going to do it at a higher level. I don't think either, if either of them get the green dot and communicate the plays, and if you don't know the green dot, that's the player on the defense who has the um, mic in their helmet. And uh, well, not the mic in their helmet, these, the, the uh, speakers in their helmet to where the coaches can communicate the plays. And then they're responsible for getting the plays communicated to the rest of the defense and making sure everyone's lined up properly. Both of those guys can do it. It's going to be interesting to see if, if as a rookie, Devin Lloyd can take that role and run with it. There are a couple position battles at the back end of the roster I find interesting. Ironically enough, it's at wide receiver and cornerback that people lined up against each other the most. So at wide receiver, you've got um, at the back end of the roster, it's not just for me who will make the team. It's also like who's going to emerge as the third and fourth targets uh, for the receiving group. So when you look at that, Zay Jones is being paid like he's going to be the third receiver, like he's going to be on the field more than LaVisca Chenault. But I think LaVisca is more talented than Zay Jones. Bottom line, I think he has a good chance to prove that he should be on the field as much or more than Zay Jones. Now, Zay Jones is a really good blocker. He's uh, he's been over the last couple of years. He's proven that he will be in the right place at the right time. He will catch the easy passes. That's something that LaVisca did not do in 2021. That was not indicative of how he has played throughout his career, looking back at his rookie year, looking at his his time at Colorado. I think LaVisca Chenault has a really good chance to prove he should be on the field just as much as Zay Jones should be, and perhaps even more. Uh, He's more dynamic with the football in his hands, no question about it. He can do a lot of this fun stuff with the screens, lining them up in the backfield. There's just a lot you can do with LaVisca. And with Doug Peterson, who is a creative offensive mind, uh, I would love to see that. Us and Them says, of course, Jimmy Smith's nephew would be a good blocker, LOL. I don't know that joke either. You're just going right over my head today, Us and Them. I don't know. Maybe I need some more coffee here. 
But yeah, I believe I believe that Visca has a chance to do that. And I didn't mention Agnew just now because while I think Jamal Agnew could be a quality third receiver, Usandam says Zay Jones is Jimmy's nephew. Is that right? I did not know that. I've not heard that. Somebody confirm that for me. Not that I don't believe you, Usandam. But uh, I think Jamal Agnew has all the ability in the world to be a quality third receiver, a slot receiver, a move weapon. But I just think the Jaguars are going to value his his special teams ability too much. I mean, this is a guy that can change the game in a heartbeat as a returner. He can do it on uh, on offense as well. I mean, you've seen him take runs to the house. You've seen him come up with big explosive plays as a receiver. But I just kind of question if the Jaguars are really going to give him that type of role in the offense. I love seeing it. I, I, I would love to see it. I'm just not sure the Jaguars are going to do that at this point. But looking at the back end at wide receiver, so they brought back Laquan Treadwell, who is a glue guy. He is one of those pieces to the puzzle where he he's another guy that can really block really well. Very good blocker. Um, and, and in Doug Peterson's scheme where you're running screens, you're having outside zone plays, your wide receivers, they got to block. They got to step it up. Us and them says, Jimmy said it on Facebook, LOL. Well, if that's the case, that's awesome. <laughs> Good stuff. And yes, Jimmy Smith would uh, work his ass off trying to block. No question about it. Black American Maid says, I think we are looking back in a year realizing Trevor needs a big play number one receiver. I don't think one is on the roster currently. I agree that one is not on the roster, 100%. They do not have an alpha, a number one, a line him up against your opponent's best cornerback, and and they're not going to have a chance. Irish Jags fan says, thinks Jimmy was joking. Timmy Devil says, Treadwell is a bust, should not be on the team. Wow. I certainly think if you're a Vikings fan, yeah, you look at him as a bust. He was a first-round pick, and he didn't pan out. He's bounced around the league, but he came in and – he provide, provided some reliability, a, a calming presence at a time last year when the Jaguars were depleted entirely at receiver. I, I think I couldn't disagree with you more, Timmy Devil, in that. I think Treadwell is a good football player on the back end of your roster, and he's a glue guy. So... I just have to disagree with you there. Now, will he have to earn his role? Yes. And the reason he's going to have to earn his role is because the Jaguars have a lot of talented players behind him on the depth chart, including Kevin Austin, who they brought in as an undrafted free agent, a priority undrafted free agent, someone they wanted to bring in. They offered more money to do it. He came in and uh, he's going to compete for a roster spot. The problem with Kevin Austin is he is green. Um, He's still very inconsistent with his hands. I just, I think if you had to line up today and you had Kevin Austin as your, as a, as a receiver on the field, you would not know what to get, what you're going to get. You would feel very uh, worried about that. And 
I don't think you would feel that way if you have to get Treadwell on the field. That's just the way I look at it. Sure, Kevin Austin is an athletic marvel. He's got um, he's got a chance to make it in the NFL, but he's got to show that he can have more consistent hands, that he can run a full route tree, that he can block. He didn't play special teams at Notre Dame either. Laquan Treadwell, he'll play special teams for you. And Timmy Devil saying, I don't believe in Kevin Austin either. I'm not saying I don't believe in Kevin Austin. I'm saying there are hurdles that he has to leap to get to the point where he can contribute on an NFL roster. He's not at that point right now, in my opinion. Timmy says Laquan came in and dropped passes. That's not saying much on a bad team. Everyone was dropping passes last year. But Laquan was a guy that was getting first downs. He was making some contested catches over the middle of the field. He was blocking his ass off. He was playing special teams. He was doing a lot for your team, in my opinion, as a back-of-the-roster type of guy. Now, when it comes to the number one receiver topic, yeah, I don't. I agree there's no number one receiver on this roster, and Marvin Jones is in the final year of his contract. So, yeah, I think after this season – you are going to be looking for a starting outside receiver to replace Marvin Jones that can potentially be a number one player uh, on the outside. And whether you get that in the draft, which is probably the route they would have to go, a little bit scary here is that Trent Baalke has never drafted a multi-year starter at wide receiver, which, you know, there's a first time for everything, right? But... uh when you look at the Eagles, when Doug Peterson was there, you look at Trent Baalke's uh, track record at drafting wide receivers. Not great. So can't, Carl says, Peterson's RPO is designed best for ETN. Yeah, the, the, the RPOs and the read options and the quick games, the screens, all that stuff. You're right. Travis Etienne and, and Trevor Lawrence, they ran that type of offense at Clemson. They're going to have a lot of that in this offense mixed in. I think it's going to be really good for both Trevor and Travis. Steve Boston says, since I believe JSM will be picked next year before we can, who else do you like? I like that, Steve. So you're coming in saying the Jaguars are going to have a little bit better record than some people think. And I don't believe Jackson Smith and Jigbo will be the first receiver off the board. I think right now he's the most consistent. He's kind of like a supercharged Robert Woods, in my opinion. I think if Addison, Butte, Johnston, or or even Jermaine Burton, if they have big years, they're going to test a little better. They're going to look a little faster, a little bit more exciting than Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't think he's going to end up being the number one receiver off the board, even though he's pretty close to consensus right now. That's just because you've seen it consistently from him. The other guys, uh, if they go out and have big years, I think they could definitely jump Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, we'll see how that all plays out. But the Jaguars, if they want to, and with their first round pick next year, they're going to have an opportunity to go get a quality receiver, in my opinion. We'll see if they do it. Black American Maid says, Treadwell as a number four receiver on anyone's team is something to be happy about based on last year's production. Yeah, and you don't even have to say number four. Just a back end of the roster receiver, Laquan Treadwell, does a lot for you. And I appreciate that. Us and them says, I think a blocking wide receiver will have more value on. Absolutely. You've got to block. 
You've got to block for the screens, for the RPO, the read option, all that stuff, all that quick game stuff. You need receivers blocking. John says, I think Dougie P's playbook can still function without an alpha wide receiver. Absolutely, it can. He didn't have one in Philly. The closest thing he had to it was, um, uh, of course, now I'm not thinking of his name. Why am I not thinking of his name? Alshon Jeffrey. And he was not a dynamic alpha wide receiver. He was more of a possession receiver. And I think Marvin Jones can fill a lot of that role. Carl says, I can't wait to see Cisco more on the field. Absolutely. He's my number one breakout for the Jaguars defense that I'm just cannot wait to see him play. I'm with you. Irish Jags fan says, how do you think snaps will split between J-Rob and Etienne when they're both healthy? I don't know when J-Rob's going to be healthy. Is it going to be the start of the season? I kind of think no. I think he's going to start the season on the pup list or maybe miss the first month of the season or so. And after that, I mean, even once he's ready to play, how big of a workload is he ready for? That's just a question I don't know the answer to. But I'm guessing because Etienne is going to be healthy to start the season, and I think that he is going to be really explosive and really fun for this offense, I expect Etienne to still be the number one back once James Robinson gets back. And that's not fair for Robinson. It's unfortunate because he's done nothing but prove that he deserves to be a starting running back in the NFL. But that's what happens when you've got a lot of talented players at one position. Timmy says, I must have watched a different Jags team. Either way, I'll take three phenomenal, consistent number two wide receivers over a number one. That is a bold take. Three consistent number two wide receivers over a number one. Maybe in Doug Peterson's offense, that argument could be made. Maybe. I don't know. Having an alpha receiver is just so it's like it's like a cheat code for your offense. Having Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, someone like that. Goodness. Us and Sims. Us and them says I like Downs for that reason. Yeah, Josh Downs. He's a he's slight, so that's a that's one that you're not gonna look at to me as like an alpha outside wide receiver. He's lined up primarily in the slot throughout his career. I'm not sure that he's gonna be an outside receiver at the next level. Black American Man says I actually don't like Etn as a do everything guy. I believe he's a every similar to Kamara, but faster top end speed. So you're saying you don't like him as a do-everything guy? I'm a little confused by that. Yeah, I know Josh Downs. I got you, us and them. He is a burner, absolutely. He's a fun receiver to watch, but I think he's going to be a slot dominator at the next level. We've got Idzovic saying, I appreciate how family-oriented the Jags fan base feels. Love y'all. Absolutely, I'm with you. Steve Boston said, I called on Men and Teal podcast a few weeks ago. Again, Devin Lloyd, Defensive Rookie of the Year. All right. I think it's a good possibility. John says, you don't think there will be a battle at safety. Winger is confirmed to not be a threat to ruin my day. <laughs> no, I don't. I think the Jaguars starting safeties are Andre Sisco and Rayshon Jenkins. But yeah, so who wins the back of the roster at wide receiver? Who becomes like the third or fourth target at receiver? I think is fun to watch. Cornerback. I'm also interested in that because you drafted Gregory Jr. and Monteric Brown in the sixth and seventh round. I think both of those guys have talent. I'm excited about both of them. Um, not as 
starters or anything right now, but as people who can, as players who can make an impact on the back of the roster and have some staying power. But you've also got Trey Herndon. You've got Xavier Crawford. Um, you've got Chris Claybrooks. There's a lot of uh, a lot of guys in that room, and then of course the top three are locked in with Tyson, Shaq, and Darius. We got some more comments coming in here. Carl says Jay Robinson power and ETN speed Peterson playbook. Consider them both starters. Maybe, maybe. I, Doug Peterson does like to use different type, different styles of backs for different situations. So I do think I'm not saying Jay Rob is not going to get on the field once he's back. I'm just saying, I think ETN is going to get more workload just because I think he's more explosive and, and gives you more opportunities to hit on big plays. Tracy says, do you think we win the hall of fame game? I don't care. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if people care about winning preseason games. To me, that's not what it's all about. It's about what do those players do throughout the game? Because so much random weird stuff happens in preseason. I'm not concerned about the final score. I'm concerned about the effort level. I'm concerned about players playing like they're professionals and competing their asses off to make the roster. Whether or not they win the game is really of little consequence. Would it be fun to win the Hall of Fame game? You know, Tony Baselli gets inducted. You've got a new staff. Yes, it would be fun. But does not matter. John says, I love the idea of Muma back there. At safety? Question mark? Debbie Lynn says, and Jin Jag Channel is also family-oriented. I'm Jordan's mom and his biggest fan. <laughs> I can't argue with that. I cannot argue with that. Steve Boston's checking in saying that's why I like Quentin Johnson for next year. 6'4", big wingspan, 4'4", speed. Is that 4'4", speed confirmed? I haven't seen him run a 40. Uh, But yeah, I like Quentin Johnson a lot. He's out of TCU. He's a big athletic guy. He definitely has a chance to be an alpha receiver at the NFL level. Certainly. Kind of like, you know, if if uh, that re- that receiver from FSU who ended up putting on a lot of weight, if he didn't end up looking like an offensive lineman in the NFL. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Oh. Oh, us and them says, if, if we have a safety injury, do we go wingered or just throw Muma back there and try it out? I don't think they're going to play Muma at safety, but... Foya Luke and Chad Muma and Devin Lloyd were all safeties prior to converting to linebacker. So that's fun. But the thing about it, I mean, it depends on the position too. I don't think they're going to put Muma at safety. I, I, I really don't. I wouldn't be against it if, if you're playing him at like a box safety role. But I don't think you're going to see it happen. I think Wingard would be the third safety, to be completely honest. Certainly the backup free safety. Timmy says Brady had consistent non-number ones most of his career and still made it happen. I think that's the exception, not the rule. Uh, Matt Ryan still had, when Julio went down, Matt Ryan still had uh, the kid out of Alabama, Calvin Ridley, who was certainly a number one receiver when healthy. 
Rodgers made it happen when Devontae went down. Did he, though? Was he as good without Devontae? And again, you're talking about a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Brady and Rodgers are two of the best quarterbacks of all time. Say Dak had several guys not reliable, number one. Okay, I think CD is a number one. I think Amari is a number one. So I'm not with you there. Oh, yeah, Kelvin Benjamin. That's what I was talking about. Carl says, I believe we will see a better rookie season, Lewis. Yeah, I agree. John says day ruined. Why? Because Andrew Wingard is the third safety? I mean, it is what it is. Now, we can talk about safety because that was actually where I mentioned it earlier. Um, the the position battle I wish I would see is Daniel Thomas versus Rayshon Jenkins for the starting strong safety role. Every time Daniel Thomas has gotten on the field, I think he's acquitted himself well. He's a really, really good athlete at the safety position. He's a little undersized in terms of his height, but uh, with his athleticism and explosiveness, I believe Daniel Thomas makes up for his lack of height. And he's a big hitter. It's not like he's um, short and thin and undersized that way. He's got the bulk you need at strong safety. Um, He played a long time at Auburn, was really productive, got here in Jacksonville. Every time you've seen him on the field, he plays really well. He's smart. He's instinctive. He's fast. He makes plays on the ball. He, he, He rolls downhill. I think Daniel Thomas has starting ability in the NFL. And I would love to see him compete for that starting strong safety spot. But the Jaguars are paying $8 million to Rayshon Jenkins. Uh, I think they like Rayshon Jenkins. And and for what it's worth, if you just erase 2021, you look at Rayshon Jenkins, what he did for the Chargers throughout his career there and how he's looked this offseason rehabbing um, his his attitude and, and mindset has been really good. He was voted a team captain last year for a reason, in my opinion. I think People are a little too down on Rayshon Jenkins, but I still do believe he's best suited for a third safety role. Uh, he's played some nickel at, during his time in, in L.A. Last year, he he was kind of lined up as an overhang defender a lot. I think he was fine in that role. He just lost his head a little bit too many times. Uh, I would love to see Daniel Thomas compete with him, and that's not me just trying to, you know, crap on Rayshon Jenkins, it's how excited I am about Daniel Thomas's ability. I think eventually at some point he's going to get a chance to start in this league, and I think he's going to he's going to take that chance and run with it. All right. Steve says, I want DT and Cisco starting. I do too. I'm with you. Or at least give Daniel Thomas that that chance to to earn it during training camp but i don't think they're going to do that now after 2022 rayshon jenkins has an out in his contract two year out he signed that contract last year if if he doesn't play up to the level the jaguars want or if they just need to cut costs because they're going to be trying to bring in other players next year and they're up against the cap a little bit you could see rayshon jenkins um released and then maybe that would clear the way for Daniel Thomas. I'm not rooting for anyone to be released by any team in the NFL. Um, you know, I think these are professionals. They're trying to 
trying to earn their living and, and advance their careers. I think Rayshon Jenkins is a good dude. I just think Daniel Thomas has more potential. All right. Charlie White says, just joining Taylor is my least favorite Jaguar. Well, I'm sure he'd be sorry to hear that. I think he's a good dude too. I think he's in it going to be in a system that's going to be a lot better for him than what you had with George Warhop running the show. They're going to quick set a lot more here. They're going to be doing a lot more quick three-step drops. And uh, I think that suits Jawan Taylor more. It's easier to win when you don't have to block for three to four seconds. Carl says, Cisco's the only one who had 29 tackles, two force fumbles, and two interceptions out of 204. Yeah, Cisco's the man. I think he's going to vault himself into a status where people are looking at him as one of the best young safeties in football. D1 Heat says, do you think we can legitimately make a playoff run? Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Absolutely. My projection right now, and I have not dropped like an official win total or record prediction or anything like that yet. That will come later. I think they're going to be in playoff contention. They need, okay, first of all, they need to be in playoff contention at least in early December, in my opinion, because you've brought in a Super Bowl winning head coach. You have Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, a, a phenom quarterback going into his second year. You've spent a record amount of money this offseason to bring players in. This team is too talented to not be competing uh, down the stretch this season, in my opinion. Too talented uh, in terms of the roster, too talented in terms of the head coach and the coaching staff. I do think that they should be competing for a playoff spot down the stretch. Now, I'm not predicting that they will make the playoffs. I'm not predicting their record. I'm simply saying I think that they should be on that graphic in late November, early December, uh, that graphic that says in the hunt for the playoffs. That's, I strongly believe that. And I believe the Jaguars should believe that inside that building. Doug Peterson said it months ago to his team. He said, everything we're doing right now is to prepare us to be playing in January and February. That is the expectation. Doug Peterson is not taking this as like, oh, it's year one of a rebuild. We need to get Trevor Lawrence acclimated and comfortable. No, they're trying to win football games this year. Black American Maid says, but yeah, I don't like trying to make him a slot receiver. If you watched him at Clemson, he can catch, but not like a... Okay, this is really interesting. So when Travis Etienne first got to Clemson, he could not catch a cold. He couldn't catch. Uh, He developed that throughout his career, and that's one of the reasons he went back for his final season was to show his hands. Now, I saw development with his hands from last year to this year. He's plucking everything right now. Uh, He looks like a really good pass catcher. So I do think you will see him lined up, you know, not just at running back exclusively. He is a running back, though. Make no mistake about it. But I think... You'll see him lined up in the slot. You'll see Christian Kirk lined up at running back. You'll see Evan Ingram moved all over the place. Players in this offense are going to be moved around. Underrated Inc. says, what up? What's up, man? Happy to have you here. Steve Boston says, how do you feel about Lenny coming in as Chubby Lenny? I think it's great. I'd like to see some pictures of 245 pounds. He says it's 245. Uh, I can't remember what outlet 
said it was 260. But either way, I'd love to see it. But don't forget, I mean, Leonard Fournette, he was about 200, close to 240 pounds when he was in Jacksonville early on in his career. He, he carried it well, in my opinion. Underrated says, I know this is random, but Dewan Smoot is heavily underrated. He is a great rotational piece for this team. He had to be a starter last year. Uh, he, he produced at a pretty high level as a pass rusher. And I think coming in as a rotational rusher this year, he's going to be in, in an even better situation to be more efficient as a pass rusher. Us and them says Lenny's starting to look like Lacey, they say. Yeah, Eddie Lacey catches shade every time a running back comes in overweight. That's just kind of how it goes. Steve Boston says eight, nine, or nine and eight, one or the other barring injuries. And yeah, that's something that you always have to factor in is who gets injured when. I like it. I don't think it's unreasonable. I do not think that's outside of the realm of possibilities, Steve. Underrated says he was second in sacks after Josh Allen. Yeah. And the Jaguars, um, they didn't get enough sacks last year. They only had 32, which was, you know, not horrific. That's two sacks a game, but. I think if you're in better game scripts, you have a a better overall talent base on defense, which they do. Yeah, I think that you're going to see more sacks this year. Black American Man says the conference is winnable. Do you mean the division? Because if you're talking about the conference, I mean, the AFC is loaded right now. I don't know about that. Us and them says Smoot is my favorite non-starter. Love him in the rotation. He makes plays. Absolutely. I'm with you. And it's the final year of his deal. He signed last offseason. So it very well could be his last year in Jacksonville. Underrated says Dwan could have a breakout year. I don't think he's going to be in a role to where he's going to like get double-digit sacks or something like that. But I think he's going to continue to produce at a high level and perhaps have his most efficient year. He, wants, he says, when does training camp start? Jaguars report in two days. Sunday, July 24th, and they they take the field on Monday. I'll be out there. So make sure to follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. I'll have as many updates as I possibly can, updates and insights. And, of course, I'll be creating some content, you know, written and, and video and podcast, all that stuff to keep you guys informed. We're getting a lot of smooth love in here. You'll love to see it. I know he's big on YouTube. You need to get him in here and see all this love he's getting. Carl says we have size finally to stop Henry and Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, so stopping Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry is going to be a primary uh, catalyst if it does happen to, to winning ballgames in this division. And I think with with – with the big boys they brought in, fully Fatu Kasi, you've still got Malcolm Brown, you've got Roy Robertson Harris, you've got Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, who are good run defenders on the edge, and then having Devin Lloyd, Foye Luka, and Chad Muma. Yeah, I think they've got a chance to slow those guys down. And they did it last year in week 18 against Jonathan Taylor. All right, Steve Boston's got a super chat for us. Thank you so much. He says the number one overall pick, edge rushing rookie year sack record is seven. Set by Miles Garrett. Do you think Walker can beat it? He only needs seven and a half. Absolutely, I think he can. Will he? I think I projected him to get exactly seven, and that was not knowing that Miles Garrett 
and, and that record is seven. What's funny is, I mean, Josh Allen, he got more than that as a rookie. Of course, he wasn't the number one overall pick, but I'm going to say he ties it. I'm gonna, that's what I predicted. I, I'm I'm going to say he ties it. And that's not just because I think he becomes like a dominant one-on-one edge rusher. I think the Jaguars are going to do so much exotic stuff up front and that he's going to develop a bit as a pass rusher, you know, a one-on-one beat the tackle type of pass rusher. Uh, I think he'll get seven just because they're going to be attacking. They're going to be moving him around. He's going to get into the backfield. So yeah, I, I had him at seven. I, I believe that's what he'll get. Appreciate that. All right, where are we at? More people should start talking about Smoot. Everybody's talking about Smoot. Love it. All right. D1 Heat says, Devin Lloyd was a total steal. I see him being like Micah. So Micah Parsons is, I don't think he should be compared to anyone. Micah Parsons is a unicorn. He's he's faster than cornerbacks and safeties. He's unbelievable. But can Devin Lloyd do some of the things that Micah Parsons can do? Yes, absolutely. He's a really good run defender. He's a good athlete in his own right. He has good length, good explosiveness. Um, he's he, Like I said, he's good against the run. He's a good tackler. He's a good blitzer. He's good in coverage. And he can rush off the edge as a true 3-4 outside linebacker. Black American Man says, yeah, Kirk can do everything. He sure can. People are going to like him a lot more than I think that they know at this point. Excuse me. Jaggernaut says, I hope we have enough depth on the OL if slash when injuries happen. I think they do have good depth. But, of course, if you get multiple injuries at the same position, any team is going to be in trouble. Timmy says, I cannot wait to see Walker. Little me too. Ready for it. Ready to see him on Monday. See how he's looking at right tackle. John says, Jordan, can you bring a tennis ball to camp and throw it at Griffin? I want to see him catch it on Twitter. Uh, No, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get kicked out of camp. But I will do my best to get some clips of Shaquille Griffin going after the football. Tari says, I'm excited to see Evan Ingram. He has so much potential. Absolutely, he does. I'm with you there. And he's in a perfect situation for him to finally find sustained consistency which he has not had throughout his career timmy says i can't wait to see trayvon i have high hopes for him i do too billy says very good and informative chat thank you for the kind words billy timmy says if walker is super disruptive i'll take that if he cannot get sacks he's gonna be disruptive right even if he's not the one racking up the sacks he's gonna help other people get sacks East Coast Sniper says, who do you think will end up starting at middle linebacker for most of the season? So in the Jaguars 3-4 system, they're going to have two linebackers, two off-ball linebackers on the field the majority of the time, which will be Devin Lloyd and Fuea Aluakun. They're going to be on the field at the same time. I think their roles will be somewhat interchangeable, um, to be honest with you. They're going to both be doing a lot of the same things because they have that skill set. <laughs> Underrated says, who is your least favorite player on the Jags? Oh, gosh. I don't want to just tarnish someone's name out here. Who's my least favorite player? That is that is a tough question. Hmm. I mean... From a personality standpoint, I don't have a problem with any of the Jaguars players. 
Chari says it's Jawan Taylor. Admit it. No, I will say the one player who I do not want to see on the field on offense or defense is you guys know. Nickname is Dewey. No problem with him as a core special teamer, as a backup, but I just do not want to see him on the field trying to tackle Jonathan Taylor or uh, Derrick Henry ever again. (laughs) Carl says, do you think under Peterson's scheme, Trevor will feel to scramble again? I don't think his scheme is going to be designed. I mean, scrambles aren't designed. They're when a play breaks down. I guess I would say I think Trevor will have to scramble less. I think he will still carry the ball a lot, but it's going to be more on those read options and RPOs and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, he'll have to break the pocket still. No question about it. He'll have to get out there and move and scramble a little bit. But I don't think Peterson's – I don't think anyone's scheme is designed for a quarterback to scramble. If you're just talking about a quarterback running the ball, yes, I do believe Trevor Lawrence will will run the ball a fair amount. Us and them says Doug should rotate the D line quite a bit. He said that when they won the Super Bowl, yeah, they're gonna rotate. They're gonna rotate. That's why they have so many defensive linemen. Uh, they have you know three really big boys and Foley, Malcolm Brown, and Devon Hamilton. They have Roy Robertson, Harris, and uh, Adam Gotsis who both kind of have similar skill sets. Um, Roy Robertson-Harris obviously would be the starter there, but Gatsis can kind of do some of that stuff too. He's got the length and, and quickness on the interior. And then uh, Dewan Smoot, Arden Key, they're going to rotate in, obviously. Um, where I don't know about the rotation is at outside linebacker, honestly, because after Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, the next guy on the depth chart at outside linebacker is going to be Calevon Chase on. Now, do you roll Devin Lloyd down from his middle linebacker spot or off-ball linebacker spot to play 3-4 outside linebacker and get Chad Muma on the field? That's something I would like to see. But the one area of the rotation up front that I do have questions about is that outside linebacker. But that's also where you have your two favorite pieces in Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. <laughs> It used to be Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I can agree with that one. That was never fun. John says ruined day every time. All right. Dewey O'Laying Henry at the 20-yard line. Chef's kiss. Yeah, it sure is. Goodness. East Coast Sniper says really hoping for an all-pro season from Josh Allen. All-pro is tough, right? That's tough to get. But um, can you get a, a Pro Bowl level season from Josh Allen this year? I think you can. Chari says Carlos Hyde was so bad yet so bad yet Urban loved him. Yeah, this is really unfortunate stuff there. Jaguars traded a fifth round pick for him a few years back, <laughs> decided not to play him, and then just let him walk. So you just wasted a fifth round pick. No big deal. Fun stuff. Charlie says, how soon do you think Jay Robert turns? I don't know. If I had to predict it, I would say week five of the regular season. I'm guessing he'll be on the pup to start. I think Demetrius said that yesterday, too. Demetrius Harvey from Big Cat Country. Underrated says, do you think we should trade for anyone right now? Maybe like a receiver. Uh, no. I think that it would be wise to add a veteran outside linebacker. 
I just talked about the depth there. Caleb on chase on is third in line there. So I would, I would think that adding another outside linebacker could make sense, but maybe they like Jameer Jones a lot. Maybe they're like one of the younger guys that is coming in and competing. Who in free agency is your pick for depth at outside linebacker? I'm actually not aware of who all is available right now. I know there are some guys out there. Let's see. Do some on-the-fly research for you guys here. All right available outside linebackers who we got let's say edge rushers JPP's still out there he's played a long time for uh, Todd Bowles you know in Tampa has that familiarity Carlos Dunlap, I think, would be perfect. He's still playing at a high level. 33 years old, but he's still good. He is more of a on-the-ball, like, down lineman than a true outside linebacker, though. So, um, Tack McKinley's still out there. I don't know what happened with him last year. I know he's been a bit of a disappointment throughout his career, but he has talent. Ryan Kerrigan's still out there. There's some players out there, but I think – JPP would be would make a lot of sense. I think he can still play at a high level. Yeah, there's plenty of options. I just wouldn't mind bringing one in to uh, to compete and and maybe carve out a role there. All right, we've got the washer going off in the background. Hopefully, that's not distracting too much for anyone. Us and them says, would you be interested in signing Jesse Bates next offseason? He'll be an un, uh, unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Absolutely. Jesse Bates is a stud. If you paired Jesse Bates with Andre Sisco and made that your your safety duo moving forward, that's that. I think that has the potential to be one of the best safety duos in football. Now, again, the Jaguars will be cash-strapped next offseason. They're going to have to either renegotiate or release several of the players that they signed prior to the 2021 season that have those two-year outs in their contract. And players I'm talking about are Rayshon Jenkins, Roy Robertson-Harris, and Shaquille Griffin, who I do not think they should release. Bottom line, restructure may be sure, but I do not think you should release him. Under, underrated says, I want to trade for DK. Absolutely, man. I mean, if you could get DK, I would be all about it. I really would. Underrated says, I want to get OBJ in free agency. I don't think OBJ is coming to the Jaguars. I think he's going to stay in Los Angeles, to be completely honest. JP, John Henny, John says, JPP was the only one that stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think he could really help. Underrated says, I wish I could control the Jags. Don't we all? Chari says... What do you trade? We'd have to give away the kitchen sink. For who? For DK? Yeah, you would. You'd have to give up a first-round pick minimum. What kind of defensive front will we see more of under Caldwell? They're going to be a 3-4 base defense. 
but they are going to, you're going to see four, three looks. You're going to see bear looks. You're going to see all sorts of stuff. You're going to see Trayvon Walker lined up everywhere, even though they're exclusively training him outside linebacker right now. Eventually, once he's comfortable, they are going to move him around. They're going to move Josh Allen around. It's going to be fun to, fun to watch. Underrated says Landon Collins wouldn't be a bad backup. Okay, but I don't need to replace Daniel Thomas as my backup safety with Landon Collins. IMO. John says everyone needs to hit that like button for the channel. Absolutely. Please, everyone, hit the like button, subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss a show. I appreciate y'all. Underrated says same with T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, T.Y. is interesting. Maybe you could just steal some, um, some insider knowledge there. Irish Jags fan says, who will have a better year, Trayvon or Devin? I mean, I. some of y'all might not know this. I had Devin Lloyd as my 12th overall prospect in this class. I had Trayvon a little bit further down the list, I think somewhere around 16 or 17. So I think Devin is more pro-ready. Um, I think... I think Trayvon has the world is his oyster. Like he, he could potentially be the best and he was the number one overall pick. So he should be, but he could be the best edge rusher from this class. He could be one of the most dominant players in the NFL with his skill set. If he can just develop the pass rush arsenal. Chari says like, thank you very much. Debbie Lynn says, yes, John, and subscribe. Absolutely underrated. Says, let's just get this guy to a million subs. You guys do that, and uh, I'll be forever indebted to you. Maybe let's set our goals a little bit lower than a million. But we'll get there. Appreciate all of y'all for being so supportive. Carl says, JPP has two or three Super Bowls. Absolutely. I'd be in on JPP. I would be. You know, played with Mike Caldwell in Tampa. I think he could certainly be a stabilizing presence at outside linebacker. East Coast Sniper says, I feel like Trevor will have a way better season this year, especially with Peterson as head coach and no more drama. I expect it too. Yesterday was our quarterback preview. You can go out, go back and check that out. I gave Trevor and the quarterback room a B plus. I think he is going to vault himself into the conversation for the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL after his second year, you know, with Doug Peterson calling the shots with a professional coaching staff around him with improved weapons, with an improved defense. I think Trevor Lawrence is in a great position to succeed. I really do. So um, that's all we got here. I'll wait for if anyone wants to get any more questions in the chat, we'll do that. Yep, we've got one here. Underrated says Mac Jones is overrated. Trevor will be better than him. Yeah, I think Trevor and throughout his career will be better than Mac Jones. But I think I think some people underrate Mac Jones still. Um, like if he is so accurate and so smart with the football. I, I just did not envision him translating that so quickly from Alabama to New England. Um, I think Mac Jones is a good quarterback. I think he's a good starter. Is he ever going to be an elite starter? I don't know, but he has great accuracy. He's really smart, gets the ball out when he should. I like his game. 
And he's a Jacksonville kid. Give the guy some props here. But yeah, I think Trevor will be better than him. Irish Jack fan, how do you rank the receiving cores in the AFC South? So I think that's a good question. I think it is very balanced throughout because I think Traylon Burks and Robert Woods gives you a ton of upside. Robert Woods has been one of the most underrated players throughout his career. Of course, he's coming off the ACL. Traylon Burks, I still think he was worthy of being a first-round selection. Um. So they're interesting. Uh, they also went out and got one of my favorite slot receivers in this draft out of UCLA. Um, of course, now I'm just drawing a blank on all sorts of names today. What was the slot receiver out of UCLA? Kyle Phillips. I think he's going to help out a lot. I, I like. I, I wouldn't say the Titans have a great receiving core, but when you look at what Traylon Burks can be, what Robert Woods has been, and I think getting um, – Kyle Phillips in there as well. Kind of like that. And they have Westbrook and Akina. They have a decent receiving core. Um, the Colts, they they have Michael Pittman. They have Alec Pierce. They still have uh, the speedster out of Ohio State, Paris Campbell. I think you like that. Michael Pittman really showed strides last year. Um, he, he looks like a legit starting receiver in the NFL. Uh, you got Houston who Brandon, I think Brandon cooks is the best receiver in the, in the division right now. I do. He's awesome. But after Brandon cooks on that roster, I mean, you've got John Mechie, who's a rookie coming off an ACL who's struggled with focus drops throughout his career. I do like him. I just think he needs to work on that. You've also got Nico Collins uh, who showed a lot as a big athletic receiver as a rookie. And then you've got the Jaguars who have Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, LaVisca, Jamal. I think the Jaguars have the deepest group. It'll be interesting to see who uh, ends up being the best group this year. John says, great show. Thanks for your efforts. Thank you, John. East Coast Sniper says, the one thing I'll be praying for this season more than anything else is to beat those damn Titans. Yeah, and if this Jaguars team wants to make the playoffs – wants to be in that competition late down the stretch. They've got Tennessee twice in the last five weeks and Houston on the road in week 17. Those are the two teams the Jaguars have not been able to get past for the past half decade or more. Absolutely. Charlie White says, uh, I'm counting on your live tweets at training camp, Jordan. Absolutely. I'll have them there for you. No doubt about it. Uh, Thomas says, greetings to you all from Berlin, Germany. Pumped for Trevor's second year. I am too. That's awesome. Everybody give a shout out to Thomas for being here all the way from Germany. Timmy says, I'm sorry, but I don't see major leaps from Trevor. I will be calling for a replacement. Sorry, not sorry. All right. Somebody needs to screenshot that one. We need to make sure we hold Timmy accountable here. Uh, But, you know, you never know. This is the Jaguars we're talking about. Underrated says, in order of receiving core, Jags, Colts, Texans, then Titans. Maybe. I really think it could go a lot of different ways with the receiving cores. Us and them says, only wide receiver added to other teams in our division that scares me is Alec Pierce to Indy. I wanted him in the draft. Yeah, I like Alec Pierce, but if you don't think Traylon Burks is scary in a play-action heavy offense, 
with him just steamrolling down the field? I don't know what to tell you. Um, Carl says, finally, bulky listens. Okay. Us and them says, agreed, 100% Cooks is the best in the division. Yeah, he's a stud. So underrated throughout his career. And underrated says, I think I'm I think we can beat the Raiders and Eagles if we play good. Yeah, I think they can too. The Raiders is in Jacksonville, so that helps. You know, West Coast teams struggle traveling to the East Coast. Underrated says we could go four and two in the division. If you go four and two in the division, I'm assuming you beat the Texans twice. And then you split with the Colts and Titans. That's a that's a tall order. I would think three and three is probably a more reasonable expectation, but four and two wouldn't shock me. Like the Jaguars do need that they need to figure out how to beat the Texans. They haven't done it since 2017. Need to figure out how to beat the Titans as well. Us and them says, I just don't think Tennessee uses Burks right. Well, Burks' best comp coming out was AJ Brown. For a lot of people, Tennessee sure you knew how to use him. I think a lot of people are a little bit too down on the Titans this year. I think uh, they made some underrated moves this offseason, and and they have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. It's really going to come down to me for the Titans. How does that offensive line perform? Timmy says, dedicate to me if I'm right or wrong. I'm game with that. Cool. All right, y'all, we've been on here for quite some time. I think this is the longest stream I've ever done. Appreciate so much activity, all of y'all, for tuning in, for hanging out with me for so long. We're going to bounce up out of here. Make sure to go uh, check out genjag.com. We've got uh, news up on there. We've got all our videos. We've got a... (laughs) Timmy says, but it was a typo. (laughs) that's good that's good uh we've got uh, a bunch of fun gear up there you check out the 904 hat here um so yeah go check it out jimjag.com and then we've also got uh, our youtube channel that i'm sure all of you here are watching on youtube but if you're listening to this on your podcast platform later or whatever go check out our youtube at jimjag on youtube and make sure to hit the like and subscribe button Follow myself on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Husband and wife gaming. Sorry, I got uh, one last comment in here. It says, really wonder about the coaching ranking. I think we are finally able to be in that conversation. Of the top coaches, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of debate you can have about who the top 10 coaches in the NFL are or whatever, but I think Doug Peterson is absolutely in that conversation and he has potential to uh, elevate himself even further here in Jacksonville. All right, y'all, that's going to do it. I hope you have a great Friday. We've got one, two, three more sleeps until Jaguars training camp. I'll be out there on Monday. I'll be providing all of the updates I possibly can be checking it all out for y'all. So Everybody have a good Friday, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.